I've got some really encouraging news for pigskin fans. The moment you've been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN. That's promo code THPN. To enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now, whether you're a new or existing user, and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. to the Two Stars One Cup podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Shippy, joined as always by Craig Ludwig. Ludwig, Luds, how you doing today, man? Sounds like you already had a couple. You can't even pronounce my last name. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, your name's been giving me your last name's been giving me a uh, issue for a minute now. No, I haven't actually had uh, too many tonight. I've, I had one little beer, you know. Just gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta enjoy and yeah, 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 you know. Uh, another thing that you got to do is you got to get on this uh, Ish Beardworks movement, Luds. Did you know that 15 out of 10 of the best hockey players of all time have glorious beards? Don't check my mouth. I'm pretty sure it's right. They, that may or may not be true, but if you want that Stanley Cup championship quality beard, check out Ish Beardworks and Men's Hygiene. They make lightly scented, handcrafted, all-natural men's grooming products for the man who wants to look good without smelling like a pine tree farted in his face. And guess what? They donate a portion of the profits to charities that support children in foster care and awaiting adoption. So not only getting your beard game right, but you're helping out some kids in need as well. So go to ishbeardworks.com, I-S-C-H beardworks.com, and check everything they ha- that they have to take your beard game and hygiene to the next level. Ish Beardworks is the proud official sponsor of this official Dallas Stars Focus podcast and official creator of the baddest ass beards in all of DFW. It's the Ish, so can you. Lately, uh, for the um, you know, lately for the Dallas Stars, what's been the ish has been the uh, power play. As you know, tonight they get a couple more power play goals. One, another one from Joe Pavelski. It seems like any time that the Dallas Stars are on the power play, you know, Pavelski's knocking in, uh, knocking in a power play goal. What have you liked so much from the Dallas Stars power play? And what did you see? You know that the that the Canes were able to do in their two game set that it seemed to really cause the uh, Stars problems. 
Well, what they're doing in their power play is the same thing they're doing since day one, is they're finding ways to get pucks to the nets. If it's not Garyana, you know, letting it go from one side, it's Pavelski standing in front of the net, and he's one of the best in the game at tipping the pucks. And I think when you've got guys like John Klingberg back there or Haskin, and they're so good at finding lanes to get pucks to the net that they're leaving them open too long. So, you know, and I, what, what you talk about the Canes, and, and I think tonight, the difference was tonight in a Columbus game and in the Carolina game was I almost felt like, uh, until the third period, but I felt like uh, Columbus was playing the game not to lose it. Like, you know, you, you, your camera angles would go into the Stars' defensive zone, and very rarely did you see any <laughs> jerseys in there, except for, you know, the, the white jerseys. And mm. uh, Versus the Canes, um, you know, they're, they're a team that just plays with flat-out speed. And, and, you know, I think that Dallas had a little bit harder time handling that speed because when you look at it tonight, I think they were even kind of surprised at how much time they had to make a couple passes through the neutral zone, breaking out of their own zone, especially there were times I saw defensemen go back and they weren't getting hit and there was nobody inside at least the tops of the circles. And so when you get guys like that that can make great outlet passes and you've got forwards that can skate and fly, uh, it makes the breakout so much so much easier, and then they get to keep their speed, which is the biggest thing. And in Carolina, they didn't let that happen. And yeah. I think it was real hard for Dallas to make uh, one pass versus even two passes and, and because of their speed. And so, you know, you looked at the Carolina game over the course of two games, they put up 66 shots. So, and they had Dallas back on their heels at the time. But I think it kind of caught them off. I don't know if it caught them off guard, but, you know, their team – I really believe that Carolina is a team that can, they can push for that top spot. You know, there's Dallas, there's Tampa, and there's Carolina. And and I think that Columbus tonight too, you know, Patrick Line comes, you know, comes over in a trade. And there's times when everybody's kind of waiting around for, for Patrick to do it. And, you know, he hasn't played, he played one game this year. Uh, he's been injured. And then he went through a lot of other things. And I felt their first two or three chances, which they didn't have many, they were actually set up by Line. And which is, it'll be interesting to see how this whole line A thing turns out because, you know, he, he was upset or whatever it was, he wanted to be on the top line in Winnipeg. And so he wasn't getting to play with the big boys and meaning Shifley, Wheeler, guys like that, that could probably boost his numbers. He's got another year and, you know, he wants to put some goals up and some points up. And I look at that team tonight. Um, so he doesn't play with the big boys there. He comes here. He is their lead dog here. But it seems to me he's going to have a tough time finding the next guy that can get him the puck. And, um, you know, that's what he wanted when he was in Winnipeg. He wanted to play with especially Mark Shifley, who and, and Wheeler is probably one of the best setup guys in the league. Um, so he's probably going to have to find a way to get a lot of his points. It looks like, you know, tonight is only one game, so it's not fair to even judge anything off of tonight. Right. But it looks like he's going to have to. Uh, he's really going to have to work hard to get points and goals, and probably it's going to be on the power play. And and if you don't have four other weapons on the power play, teams are going to come in here and they're just going to shade his way, and it's going to be you know kind of tough for him to get the puck. When again, where he was before with the Jets, they had three or four different options, so it's a little bit harder to defend just one guy. So we'll see how it goes from here on in. You know, and again, he had no practice time. Um, new line mates hasn't played in a couple of weeks, so uh, obviously he's going to get better. But it'll be interesting to see you know, what, what guys uh, Tortorella can finally put him with. You know, and one, uh, you know, some other players that came back for the Dallas Stars was Blake Como, and they were able to get the FCC line back going for the Dallas Stars with um, 
you know, uh, Como, Foxa, and Cogliano. Have, you know, it's been a couple games that they've been rocking with that unit back again. Are they back to, you know, have you seen them kind of pick up where they left off in the postseason? Because it seemed to me as, you know, as, as far as injuries were concerned, and obviously the Stars lost a lot in the Stanley Cup final last year, I really felt like Blake Como was an underrated loss that, you know, yeah. maybe you know, maybe the average hockey fan wouldn't really understand or wouldn't wouldn't see what a big loss there was for this hockey club. Well, I think when you put the three of them together, the first thing they do is they play well and they read off of each other really well. And it's like they're all thinking they're all on the same page. They know what their game is. Um, you know, they can go ahead and they go out against other teams' top lines and they can shut them down because they just kind of swarm them. And, and I think when you're missing one of those pieces, it's hard to to find somebody that that can you know play that kind of a role. And the thing, all three of them skate well. They're all three of them are so good positionally correct. And now they just read each other and they become really hard to play with. Not only that, there's certain times in the game you use them a lot. I mean, you can you can use these guys obviously in three zones and it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, you're always going to try to get your top scorers out there in the offensive zone. But I think uh, what's important is obviously they can all kill penalties. Um, when, when you score a goal, you, you have momentum, obviously. And that's the kind of line that you can throw out there right after a goal because what they do is they spend a lot of time in the offensive zone. Not only do they just put time down there, you put them out against top lines, you find that that top line from the other club is spending a lot of time in their own zone. So by the time they get out of their zone and start coming up ice, they've got to change. And there's not a lot of gas left uh, in the tank to create three or four chances. So there's a bunch of things that they can do. But I think the biggest thing is, is they read off each other real, real well. And they forecheck hard. They cause a lot of turnovers in the offensive zone. And not only that, they come back hard into their own zone. So it's a little frustrating for a line like that to play against other clubs. And I noticed tonight, you know, as the Columbus Blue Jackets made the game 5-3, to three, that was the line that Rick Bonas went with to put out on the ice when things seemed to get – I mean, not like they weren't shaky, but it was obviously not 5-1 to one fun. You know, things started to kind of cr- – they started to build a little bit of momentum, and he, you know, countered with that FCC line, and they did exactly what you're talking about. I think their line – I mean, is it intentional that they put the puck in the corner and just kind of hold it there and just, like, wear on the opponent like that? Is that kind of what yeah, you're referencing yeah. there? Yeah, that's that's what they, they – they initiate the the rush and the attack that way when, once they get the pucks in. You, very rarely do you see – a line like that that comes across the offensive blue line and try to make plays coming into the zone. They're more of a kind of uh, a line that if they get into the neutral zone, they get across the center line, they put the puck in and they get you back on your heels. They forecheck and they create turnovers. Their plays usually come from turning pucks over, finishing checks where, you know, some of the top line, Pavelski, Jamie, Ben, guys like that, when they're all up and running, they come off the rush. And this is more of a line that, oh, well, I could throw Hints and Gary Onovan there because their they're speed backs people off. So they can make things happen when they come across this line. This is more of a line that just wears you down. And, and like I said, there's all different times of the game that you can use this line. And I don't think you expect them to go out there and, and put up two or three goals in a game. But you know that they do the right things. They're just hard to play against. And, and they're a very frustrating line. They'll find ways to get pucks to the net. And then they'll crash the net. So there's a lot of things that are going around the other goaltender. Um, you know, and some of the goals that they'll score will be ugly ones. There'll, there'll be goals that are, you know, sitting in the crease. Well, Fox has got a goal tonight that was sitting in yeah. the crease. It's just laying there. They just keep buzzing. They, they, they really don't. There's no give up. and There's no quit in them. And uh, it, it's it's frustrating. It's tough for other teams to play against lines like that. Now I want to talk as well about Jake Ottinger. He gets his second career win tonight as he gets his second career start. And first of all, I want to get your thoughts on how he's looked between the pipes. Because I thought, you know, in his first game, I thought, you know, he was look. I thought he, to me, I just hadn't watched him really play that much goalie. And it just looked 
so different than Hudobin, who I had become accustomed to watching all the time. It seemed a little bit almost too calm at times. And I think that's just, you know, just in comparison to the way Dobie plays. But also I want to know what you think in terms of how the team plays in front of him, because it seems like they've got an extra spark or it seems like they've got a more pep in their step, you know, when it's Jake Ottinger back there or Dobie, or is that reading too much into that? No, I think there's times when a young goaltender gets in the net, you always want to do a little bit more for them and you want to make sure that they get that win, they get that confidence, especially in the situation that the stars are in now because Hudobin's not going to be playing every other night and he, you're going to have to have times where he can get rest and, you know, I guess there there's a bit of a bonus with, with the way that this certain division is set up. I think there's teams that Ottinger is going to get his games against. Uh, you know, I mean, he can play against teams like Nashville, Columbus. Uh, you know, I, I just think that I, I would assume that what the coaches are going to try to do, and it, it always is all depending on how the, the schedule sets up, but I think he'd like Dobie uh, to be able to play against Tampa and to play against Carolina. Um, you know, those teams that you're probably going to be jockeying with um, this season um, to, you know, to finish in the top three and for position and, and you know, who you're going to play. So, you know, with Ottinger, you know, Dobie to me is a, he's a battler. He just never quits on anything. I think you're going to find that there was a, a goal tonight that, you know, just on the replays that you see, he's kind of down a little bit. And, I, and Jake is a big kid. And, and if you watch when Ben plays, um, this is very obviously opposite of what Hugh Dobin does. Hugh Dobin is kind of, he's got his arms and his hands and everything is flailing. And he's always, you see his head looking around. And with Ben, a lot of times you see him stand up and he kind of looks over the crowd because, you know, he's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, mm -hmm. whatever Ben is. And so yeah. I just felt like there's there's probably, that to me would be some of the things that they'll work on with him where, where he can stand up a little bit more, especially when it's out at the point and things like that. Um, to where he can't look, he can't see through the traffic down on his knees, and he'll probably look around. But again, I'm no goalie coach, so um, I just think that you know, the kid's obviously going to get better and better. They've seen a lot from him. They know that he's going to be the guy that that will be the number one here eventually sometime. I think they're putting their eggs in that basket. So they got to give him as many starts as they can. But you know, you also have to be selective. I think with a young player, you want to try to get as many wins under your belt as you can. So would you keep, you know, would you stick with Ottinger here for another game against Columbus? Or how would you, you know, because I, I guess one thing that I wonder about is how exactly how much rest a goalie needs. You know, how much rest exactly Dobie needs, you know, between games. Because the Stars, I mean, obviously nobody in the NHL are going to have a lot of time for to rest. I mean, they're after they're done with this road trip, they've got eight games in two weeks uh, at a homestand that's starting on February 7th with the Blackhawks in town. So, what kind of things, you know, am I missing or, or are other people missing when it comes to, like, resting bullies and things like like What exactly? Is it just a mental thing or what's it all about? No, no, I, it's a physical thing. And I think you look and, and I think, again, coming off of the, the couple games against Carolina, there was a lot of there was a lot of action around the net, uh, the Stars net. And, and I think you look at those kind of games and, you know, the other thing is, you know, I don't think they're going to go back with Ottinger. I think that you have an opportunity now to take four points away from this this team in these couple of games, and, and the way everything else sets up, um, you know, you got to take the points when you can get them. And so I think that you have a day off in between, like you said, they I, I wrote, they've got Chicago, they've got Carolina, they've got Nashville, and they've got Tampa coming up at home. They got two games apiece against yeah. those guys, and it kind of alternates in there. So. You know, I, I think Chicago is a team that Ottinger will definitely get a start against. Um, Nashville, for sure, I believe also. You know, and I think you just kind of take the temperature of the Carolina and Tampa games and, and see 
how much work Udoba has to put in there because those are, to me, those are the games that that you and the teams that you're going to be fighting. Uh, I believe right down to the wire with a couple of those teams like that. And then Florida is probably another one. They've gotten off to a good start tonight, so or this this year so far in the games that they played. Um, but you know, and I think you're you're going to try to find a way to get Hugh Dobin some rest and try to get some rest and put Ottinger in there. But put Ottinger in there knowing that we expect you to get the the, the win tonight. You know, these are against a couple teams here and there that that if the team plays the right way in front of you, we we can collect a couple points there because they they can't go up against a Carolina. They can't go up Florida. Tampa and only get one point out of four. You know, that's kind of what happened mm. against Carolina. Carolina comes out of that yeah. thing with three points. And so they've got to make sure that they kind of twist that around. And uh, I'm sure they'd love to get to the point where um, they've got confidence in Ottinger and they can go ahead and start putting him against some teams, uh, them top teams, if it if it comes down to Hugh Dobin. And I think the other thing you got to worry about is, you know, not that he ever, he doesn't seem to get hurt, Hugh Dobin, but, but I mean, you look at, oh, my dog agrees again. Um, <laughs> that, that, uh, you know, I, I think that when you look at some of those games, um, you want to make sure that Hudobin doesn't get too many games in a row, too many tough games, too many starts to where yeah. he pulls something. And, and Bishop's not back yet and not ready to go yet. So you got to be careful with that, too. And they've, you know, the Stars have got, you know, roughly a month or maybe a little bit more, or a little bit more than a month before they're expecting to get Ben Bishop and Tyler Sagan sometime in the, in the month of March. But um, that's definitely something to, to keep your eye on. Cause I remember during the Stanley cup final, a couple of different times and Doby was asked about it. You know, I remember thinking a couple of times that, Oh man, I think Doby just pulled his groin or something with one of those yeah. ridiculous split saves. Yep. And, you know, when you're facing, you know, if you can get them, get them the nights off when you're playing the likes of the, the red wings or the predators or the Blackhawks, mm -hmm. you know, you're obviously going to save him some wear and tear there. Now, Dennis Gurionov got back on the uh, scoreboard tonight. Have you seen have you seen him change his game a little bit? Because we talked a little bit, you know, in the first couple of games we mentioned, you know, how he was off to a really hot start. And then, yeah. you know, you're you're talking about just like Patrick Lyon and Ovechkin, that teams are going to start cheating him on that side on the power play. And it looks like teams have started to kind of adapt, you know, and and, and try to take that option away. Is there a way that he can kind of work around that to, you know, keep up his effectiveness on the power play? No, I don't think. I well, I think good players they'll find little seams, little holes, different areas of the ice. It just seems like right now a couple of the the shots that he's been taking, it seems like his timing is off a little bit. I, I don't think that's a, an issue with him at all. I mean, again, you saw the goal that he scored tonight. Um, you know, when you see the play, the replay behind it, there's there's you know there's some space there that that he can pick, and and he saw it. And so, you know, his biggest strength is that shot. Obviously, his speed, but. Um, he's going to get his goals. I mean, he's going to get his goals off of rebounds, off of one-timers coming from whether it's Klingberg or Haskin. Um, you know, and I, I don't know if you can necessarily, the way that Joe Pavelski is in front of the net, and depending on who you have on the other side of the ice, I don't know if you can really play him like you play against Sonovechkin or like teams are going to play against Columbus. They're just going to say, hey, here's their, here's their five on four. We're going to take Liney away, and we're just going to roll the dice with you. We'll play four on three with the other three. I think that's what's going to happen in Columbus because he's their biggest weapon. And as of right mm -hmm. now, I don't see too many other guys that can really be a threat. And I think for Dallas, you've got John Klingberg that just has the ability to find lanes and seams like that. You've got Pavelski in front of the net. You've got Radulov in the front of the net. So there, there's too many other options for teams to be able to say we're going to take away just this one guy on the side here because I think there's other guys and I think that's all because of the way that the the quarterbacks whether it's Haskin or, or Klinger um, can navigate and, and they can find people open in different areas of the ice.
Now, you know, you bring up Klinger. I want to talk about him in a second, but I just also want to remind everybody that you can uh, follow along like the Isaiah Nunez did where he said that we should go to Whataburger to set, settle, or celebrate this win. Uh, you can uh, just post a comment on, you know, whatever social media platform that you're watching the uh, live broadcast from, and uh, we'll ha- be happy to get to your questions. And I would, I would, before we talk about Klingberg, I'd want to know what Craig Ludwig would celebrate with um, if you were to go celebrate at Whataburger right now to to celebrate the Stars I, W. I, I, I hate to I hate to disagree, but Whataburger probably wouldn't be my first choice to go celebrate the win. I, I can <laughs> think of I think of a few other places in Whataburger. Not that there's anything wrong with Whataburger. I love Whataburger, but uh, I, I got a, di- a couple different stops. Usually, if it's going to be Whataburger, it's going to be about two thirty in the morning. So I'll get After to Whataburger, you- but it'll be late. Yeah. Yeah, you go to the Whataburger after you go to the spots that we're talking about right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, get the right. tight ends or something like that. Well, I would go yeah. with it's it's too early now, but I would I'm a fan of the butter chicken biscuit. I don't know. I don't know if you're like on the uh, the Whataburger menu like that. Like if you if you eat it as much as you should, but uh that's probably my favorite item they got. Okay, well, I, I'm not up on the menu, so I, I really can't comment on that. So I, it, it's just a greasy burger is the best thing. It doesn't matter where it's coming from. True. Now, you know, we're talking about uh, John Klingberg, and it seems like, I mean, if it wasn't for Joe Pavelski, he would be the one that was getting all the talk around town in terms of off to the hottest start as a Dallas star. What have you seen that's contributed to this new start for Klingberg? Because I've, what I think I've noticed more than anything is his, it seems like he's really focusing on trying to get the puck to the net way more where in the past he would kind of try those extra one or two passes on what might seem like a, you know, a sure thing one time, or now it just seems like he's putting on the, he's putting the puck on net and good things are happening. Well, that's going to happen. I think anytime that, that any player finds that he's getting pucks to the net and he's get collecting points on it and it's working now. And again, like they've got one of the best guys in the league that can tip pucks and it's not just from one spot. It's from just about anywhere. So, um, you know, and I had said that last year with, with a guy like Pavelski, uh, all he has to do is get it through. He just finds ways to to get there. I, you know, I serious from from day one, the very first game this year that I saw um, Klingberg in, I felt like he was trying to play a little bit more aggressive too. Like he was getting more physical in his own zone, and he was finishing checks. And you know, and I I think that's just maturity. And I think that um, what what happened to to Klinger in his first few years is that if he wasn't going to play that way, other teams would circle him on the board, just say, Hey, all we have to do is be physical with this guy. Don't, don't play the puck on him because he can make you look like a fool and just kind of go straight through him. And the good news for, for Klinger is that, you know, he's kind of, he's built like Gumby. So you can hit him and, and, you know, you know, knock on wood, but he hasn't been hurt that much and he can just kind of absorb things and keep on moving along. So, um, you know, his puck skills are always going to be what's going to stand out about it. But I think what he has is he's got, he has confidence now that there's other weapons out there, the Garriano, the Hints, the, you know, Pavelski, um, you know, Radulov, Jamie Ben. you know, so these guys, when when they're going, um, I know that there were times when, when Sergei Zuba, one of the best ever to play the game, and, you know, he had a weapon here or there, and then all of a sudden, you have Mike Badano, obviously. You have Brett Hall. You have Joe Newendike. You know, and the numbers just kept on growing for him. And now he was just, he had a big smile on his face every time he got on the power play because it wasn't just trying to find Madonna over here or there. There mm-hmm. was this option and that option. And I think that's, I think that's kind of team that, that the, that Dallas and Jim Nill put together where there's a bunch of options for Klingberg and Haskin and uh, Essa, those kind of guys. You know, they don't have to do it all. Now you just got to just find the guy, get it on his tape, whether it's five feet away or 20 feet away. 
and, and things just kind of fall in place. And they've gotten off to a great start, and they've got a ton of confidence in each other right now. Um, you can see that. And so when those kind of things fall in place, you, you really don't change a lot. You just keep what's working for you. And is that contributing as well to why they're scoring so many goals? It seems like it's so easy for them to score. I mean, obviously, the games against the Hurricanes were too – you know, way different than all the other games have gone. But it just seems like, I mean, this same Dallas Stars squad last season had a much harder time putting the puck in the net. And this is without, you know, a guy like Tyler Sagan out there. Well, I, I'm not going to get too far down the road on, on power play things and like that because, you know, Nashville's penalty kill, you know, yeah. 30th, Detroit's is 31st. Um, I'm just talking about in general because they got, you know, they scored some five on five goals tonight, which was good to see because, you know, to this point, it seemed like it was power player bust. Well, well, I think they were, again, special teams and goaltending that wins a lot of hockey games. Right. And so um, they had the power play clicking. Uh, there wasn't enough time left in the games the way that they're scoring on the, on the penalty kill. I mean, on the power plays, I I just never understood why so many teams were taking. Well, I would say how they why they're taking so many penalties against them, but because of their speed and the way that they play, they play in straight lines, and if they move the puck quick, you have no choice. You end up hook and hold and, and trying to slow them down. So that kind of plays into it. Uh, but I, I think what you're gonna you're gonna find is again we're we're in what game six maybe what are they now game six game seven mm-hmm. well, that was tonight. So you're just kind of coming out of what would be a normal yeah, game seven. Yeah, so this is kind of, you know, five, six guys. Those are preseason games typically. And so I think you're going to um, you're gonna see where the continuity between all these guys is starting to come around. It's going to happen with all teams. So you expect everything to get a little bit tougher to score goals as you, you know, you, you move down the road here and everybody kind of gets used to each other and the players and, and you know, get the, everything out of them from, from what was going on in the last seven or eight months or so. So, um, but I just think that they, they started the year you know, for whatever reason, everything that they shot on the power play went in the net. So the, I think the biggest thing that they have going for them right now is confidence. And, and when they ran into Carolina the other night, Carolina knew all about it, but they played to their, to their strengths and their strengths is speed and going straight lines. And, you know, you want to talk about playing downhill. That's what they do. Everything puts you back on your heels. And that was the first glimpse that we got to see of them. Tampa's a little bit different that they've got speed, but they've got obviously some great players and a great goaltender there. So when when we talk about teams, you know, the Nashvilles and Detroit's and maybe Chicago, we'll wait to see them. But, you know, so I don't put them in the same category as the teams that they really have to get past at the right time of the year again. Do you think that it, uh, the Carolina may be a tougher matchup for Dallas than Bay this year? I mean, oh, I yeah. You think so? Because I hundred percent. When I was watching, yeah. when I was watching the Hurricanes, like I was looking at, it and I was like, this might be the best team in the division. Like the just they're firing on all cylinders, and it seems like, I mean, the only place that I would say they've got a weakness, and you know, the Dallas has got a clear advantage would be in net. But and obviously there was the big injury. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's hurt now. So yeah, they got the backup guy and Reimer. So, but that was the question. That was the only question mark with Carolina coming into this year was mm-hmm. how was their goal? They're, you know, you don't want to say that they're average goaltending because they're all great goaltenders in this league just to be here. But they were, you know, they were average to, to pretty good goaltending. And now with Morazic, who they felt was going to be their guy, um, they don't know how long he's going to be out. They don't know if he's going to have to have surgery. But now you're talking about putting Reimer in there. And Reimer's been in a few different teams. And so, um, you know, he played good the other night. Uh, you know, he came in and he, he did some things. But but I think that would be their main concern. It would be interesting to see if, you know, what happens if, 
if Morazic is out for a while? Do they do they try to go make some kind of deal? Because I can promise you, they're thinking that they're a team that is knocking on the door of a Stanley Cup. So we'll we'll see if they're gonna try to find another guy and and put it you know plug another hole if it comes up down the road. Yeah, and I you know I, when I was watching them, that was the thing I was thinking was that would be the only thing that kept them from. You know, kept them from the Stanley Cup. You know, that and obviously obviously health. You know, health with any NHL team, you've got to worry about that. But I was watching them. I was just thinking this team is really freaking good, like in all aspects, defensively, just with their offensive. They remind me a lot of like a different – like they kind of remind me of the Avalanche a little bit, just minus Nathan McKinnon. I agree. Yeah, that's a a good comparison. But I think they're – I think they're deeper. I think they're more balanced. When when you look at you know the Avs and now with McKinnon out, we'll see we'll see what happens to to Ranton and the Lannis guy, those kind of guys. <laughs> you know that 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 team in Colorado has been able to survive some injuries to some key players, uh-huh. but it's never been McKinnon. So we'll see. Yeah. They, he's always been able to kind of carry the load when one of their top guys is out, but the Avs play on their toes too. You know, and, and but but they're very similar. Um, are they going to be able to their goaltending like last year, you know, when Dallas went through there, both their top goaltender, both their two goaltenders got hurt in the playoffs. And so, um, you know, they're, I, I kind of expected, I guess I'd have to say, I kind of expected during the off season. I know it's a lot more difficult with everything going on in the divisions, the way they're lined up and you can't trade across the border for the most part. You got to wait a couple of weeks before you get a player. Um, I really expected them to go after a true number one goaltender. If there was somebody there that was willing to make a deal. Uh, but Carolina's in the same boat. I, I just think Carolina is a really, really good team. Um, Svechnikov, Aho, uh, obviously stall there, but they got some guys that can put the puck in the net. Uh, Niederreiter that came over from Minnesota, they've yeah. all got spilled speed, and they've got skill to go with it, and, and they seem to all be on the same page. I mean, you watch them come up the ice, and they don't seem to have to make four or five passes to break out of their zone and be in the offensive zone because they've got so much speed. And what it does, it kind of puts you back on your heels a little bit. And I think that's what you saw from Dallas. Um, but that's kind of what Dallas did tonight to, to Columbus. You know, they put them back on their heels and they just skated the way that that they should. And I just felt that Columbus tonight, they just wanted to sit back, especially on the forecheck. They didn't create any turnovers or anything. And and then they, I think at, between the second and third, and they said, hey, what the hell? Let's go. And then all of a sudden they got, you know, they got a couple breaks, created a couple turnovers and put a couple in net. Yeah, and the whole time I was watching, you know, Stars, Blue Jackets, I was kind of thinking to myself, I don't know if the Stars are just playing really well right now or if the Blue Jackets are just playing really poorly. Like, I couldn't tell, you know, where the majority of that blame or credit should go, you know, just watching the game. Because there was there were times where I was like, okay, I mean, Columbus might, you know, get, get might get something going here. But then it would just – they just looked sloppy around the net and just with little little things like that. You know, be, in line A, we'll see what how how he pans out there. But I mean, between Seth Jones, Rowensky, and I, I don't know where else to go after that. Domi, I think, was supposed to be that guy that came in there. I, I, you didn't really notice him a lot. Um, so that's what I mean. We'll, we'll see where this thing goes with line A and, and you know where it's going to all end up. But I just think that he's probably going home tonight and saying, "Who's going to get me the puck?" And, yeah. And, and, but again, he's a guy that wanted to get out. He's a guy that obviously agreed. I, I know that they're gonna, they're working on a deal to keep him here long term uh, in Columbus. So um, if I were 
Kekalainen and after maybe a couple of games and he sees what he's working with here, you might want to get him signed and locked in here for five years and start bringing some more people back in here to, to work with him. But you never know. I mean, again, it, it's it's really not fair to judge because those players have never played with Line A. But, but you know what he did? The one thing I... I thought that Line a did is he did some things exactly what Tortorella loves. I mean, he backchecked hard. He actually <clears throat> he bumped into a couple guys. He forechecked. So he's playing the way that that he knows he has to play for that coach. And, and you know, the good news about that is when your superstars do that, everybody else has to buy in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it starts from the top, and that's what it seems like we've been talking about for a while with Jamie Benn. You know, which has been awesome to see Jamie Benn and Joe Pavelski's postseason success carry over to the early parts of this season. Yeah. Um, It's been really, really encouraging for Stars fans.